Hi, and welcome to the Canine Translators Podcast. This podcast is dog trainers talking about dog natural training and all things dog behavior. We are your hosts, Tara Sturmer and Laura McClure, head behavior trainers at Canine Working Mind in Austin, Texas. Our goal in this podcast is to help our species understand canine communication and their behaviors. This episode is sponsored by Canine Working Mind, a dog natural training center offering one-on-one sessions, group classes, and more. Visit canineworkingmind.net for more information. That's canine working mind with a K. Good morning. We are today talking about how to work your dog, what it means to work your dog, because a lot of our clients ask us, what does that mean? We even had someone that commented on one of the podcasts and sent us an email saying, what does that look like? They hear us talk about you should work your dog or have your dog in a working mind. And in reality, what does that mean? Because as trainers, you know, we talk about how our dogs are constantly working because that's their job, but not every person out there is a dog trainer. And not everybody is going to go out and look for lost dogs or run an agility field and so forth. Right. But it doesn't mean that your dog needs to be working like you do like an eight-hour day or anything. What's an eight-hour day? I don't know what that is, but that's apparently what (laughs) some people do is they work eight hours and then they turn it off and then they're done. But I don't understand that. Right. So in a dog trainer's life, the eight hours is really not eight hours. It's a life, uh, a lifestyle. That doesn't mean that our dogs work as many hours. God, thank God that they don't work as many hours we do. And if you do that, then... It's cruel. And you're creating a dog that has to have that. And it's cruel. That's a lot. It is. Uh, So Laura and I, for the record, work about 14, 16 hour days. And it is a nonstop. Even if we're not at the facility, I can tell you at home, we both have our computers. We can't work our dogs the way that we work because that would be asking too much, even for most humans. For our dogs, they do work every day. And by working, like I said, I don't mean, you know, searching for a lost dog or agility field running. Or like doing hours on end of obedience practice. So in a nutshell, working your dog just means getting your dog in a working mind. And a lot of people ask us why we called our business working mind. It's because that's what we keep our dogs in is a state of mind where they think, Life is a job, basically, yeah. and they are super happy. So it a gives lot of them a different job than what a lot of other dogs take on. Right. And a lot of our clients come in and comment all the time on how calm our dogs are and how they're so cute. They just curl up in that cage waiting for their turn to come out and yeah. work. In their mind, they're waiting their turn to come out and play. So yeah. if you get your dog in a working state of mind, it means that they are ready for you to give them something to do right away, but not 24-7. Now, some dogs, Mallies, you see them on TikTok. Those dogs are high-driven and a high-drive dog. You do have to keep in a state of mind where they're working constantly. They're not a good fit for everybody because if you live in an apartment and you don't have an active life, they're going to destroy your house. (laughs) Right. That's why Raven has a lot of things that she does. Right, or eat you. So it's really important that you keep them at some point, thinking that they're working. Now, working could be coming out of a crate. They have to work to come out of a crate. Working could be Working for food. Not 10 minutes of silly pet tricks. Yeah, stop that. That's a lot, but simple things. And keeping your dog in a working mind doesn't mean that you have to take 10, 15, 20 minutes every time you interact with your dog to get them to work. 
I mean, it could literally be one or two commands that you randomly ask them to do as you're walking past them in the house. And that's kind of what we do with the large pack that we have. Now, obviously, we work a little bit more than your average person would because we do have a large dog pack. Now, those people that do have a large dog pack and do not work their dogs tend to be the ones that call us and say, hey, our dogs are fighting or they're eating people as they walk through the door or they're trying to eat every dog on the other side of the fence. And it's not because they're bad dogs. It's literally because they don't have a job from a human. An appropriate job that you right. want them to have. So what we want to do is keep them in a working state of mind. That working mind means if I get up, and I can tell you I did it yesterday. I was up here to work on Phoenix's feet, left here, went home. Immediately, they all have to sit and wait to come out of their crate to go outside. That's a job. They have to sit at the door to go outside. That's yeah. a job. They have to sit to come inside. That's a job. And randomly, like, you know, if I'm hanging out at home, sometimes at like 11 p.m. at night at this point, it might be where I'm walking past my dog and I randomly ask them to lay down or I randomly ask them for a watch me, something like that. I will say that lately because it's, you know, the new year, everybody has their new year's thing. I have a treadmill at home that I am trying to use by myself. You're not getting into that whole resolution thing, are you? I'm not getting into the resolution thing, <laughs> but I'm trying to do. I'm, we'll see how long it lasts because I, I am using the treadmill. Too but much it's, pressure. It's literally super late at night. But Forrest every day jumps on the treadmill and I walks did. with me in the heel position. I did get a video from your wife yeah. um, that showed him treadmilling with you and it was adorable and he he walks in that heel position i didn't ask him to i'm not asking him to do it but he loves to he loves to do the treadmill but he also just loves to go on walks with me and so we get on the treadmill for however long i'm walking he's literally right there at my heel attentive looking up at me every once in a while i feel him brushing up against my leg to him that's work for him but it's fun. He loves doing right. That's the point is you got to find something that your dogs love and keep at it. You don't have to make up these silly pressure resolutions (laughs) to get up on the treadmill. Good for you. Kudos to you for doing that because good Lord. (laughs) My resolution is to be healthy. By the time I get home and get on the treadmill, my wife would throw me out of the house if I was running on the treadmill, but not running. (laughs) I don't do that. You walk nicely. But what I mean by that is when I get home, you can teach your dog what one is going to make you want to interact with them. Here's one of the things that we do here at Canine Working Mind. We teach our owners. First, we find out what the dog's drive is. What's their passion? What do they have fun with? Some of the dogs are literally just going to have fun laying on a couch and getting a massage. You know what? That's okay. You can make it a job. My house, every five minutes, I rotate the dogs. If I sit on the couch, they get to get up on the couch, they get a massage. That's not the only job they have, but they wait their turn and they have to show some patience and self-control. That's a job. I taught one of my dogs how to fetch things, the lightest mouth in my house, actually, to go and get stuff. Because if I can get him to go and do something, he'll go get something and he'll at least get some activity and his little GPS tracker won't tell me that he's lazy. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you all know I'm talking about my melted chocolate chip cookie. <laughs> he has been trained to pick up the remote. He's trained to pick up a water bottle for me. He's trained to pick up my shoes, 
all of these things are jobs for Vincenzo. So yeah. if I'm like last night, I was exhausted after fighting with Phoenix and his feet. I sat down on my little Christmas gift, my beautiful game chair that my wife got me, and I kicked back and I said, go get my slippers. And boom, there he went. He went and got my slippers. Now, he was curled up on the couch sleeping, but he got up. <laughs> His little nubbas was wagging because he got a job. That's the thing is you find something that they want to do. Uh, we have a lot of clients that cannot take their dogs out for whatever reason. You know, yeah. here in Austin, we have a horrible loose dog problem. In San Antonio, we have a horrible loose dog problem. Not every dog could be walked on a leash because they might come in contact with some of those dogs that are off leash and rushing people. For them, they can't get out and walk. Do some scent work. Something we inside. Do, yeah, we, we teach our dogs how to do some scent work. Tahoe, yeah. best way to wear that dog's brain out is hide a little scent pad somewhere yeah. and ask her to search for it. Forrest loves to do scent stuff, and I've been working with Gracie, who's just a little too persistent for her own good, so therefore I'm putting it towards that because she has such high persistence and drive to find things. And so I've been doing that with her, and she loves it, and she thinks it's so fun, but it doesn't take that much to do. Even if you're doing a find it game, you do it like two or three times and then great. Here's and a toy. Go play with, you know, the toy or something like that. I'm going to stress two or three times. Yeah. This you is... don't need to do it 10, 11, right. 12 times. So a lot of times people think that when we say work your dog, we're you saying do a million things, do like 30 to 45 minutes yeah. each training session. Now, some some dogs, yes, some dogs need that because they need to keep their brain moving. Yeah. But most dogs the largest percentage of the canine population do better with small increments all throughout the day. Yeah. Meaning I got up from my game chair. I went in the kitchen to get a drink and yeah. I told Mazikeen down. Well, there you go. She, she had to do it down. Yes, good girl. That was a good enough one for her. She's a border collie healer, you know, half angel, half devil. But she still, even if it's just one spontaneous down goes, yeah. oh God, I'm working. With Fez, I will walk through the house and I will ask him for face and I'll put my hand out sometimes in front of me, sometimes behind me because he'll be walking behind me. So I'll randomly reach my hand out behind me and say, Fez, face. And he comes, throws his face in my hand. Yay, good boy. And that's it. it. Yeah, like That's so, it. So these are the things that you could do. These things, you know, you're going to pet your dog anyway. So yeah. find what drives your dog. When we're working with behavior modification, that's one of the things that Laura and I look for is what is going to drive your dog? Yeah. What can I fill your dog's head with as much excitement as, let's say, reacting to a human yeah. or a dog? They have an alternative. Some dogs, you make them work on a walk by walking backwards. Yeah. It takes a lot of focus and Actually, a lot of practice to walk backwards. My dogs hate when I do the walk back on right. a walk. They but, hate it. You know, think about how much focus in your dog's brain when they see something that unfortunately was dubbed red zone. Yeah. I hate that term. When they hit that state of mind where they can't get their focus they can't off absorb of anything. anything you say. Well, use that to your advantage, right? So if your dog is going to stare real hard at something, Teach them how to look at something, right? If you want to look at it, then great. Go ahead. That's Good. fine. That's um, fine. Yeah. And I know it sounds crazy, right? 
because almost everybody says, but then how often stop the yeah, dog from staring. But how often do you correct them for looking at something? And then mm-hmm. suddenly that becomes a big trigger right? because they've been corrected so much for just looking at that person or that dog or that car or whatever. Right. Now, I'm not telling you to teach your dog how to hard target. <laughs> there are techniques and there are ways out there to get your dog to go, hey, you know what? It is okay if I look at that item, but it's more exciting if I look at mom or dad. It's more exciting to go and search for something behind mom and dad if she, if she or he says, well, that's a great look. Use it. Most dogs have that hard, fierce, intense gaze and stare at another dog. Well, if they can do a fierce, tense, and severe gaze at another dog, they can also do a very beautiful freeze over an item that they just found. So it's again, it's just taking what you notice and okay, let's put it towards something else, something else that's fun and a a better alternative to a potential inappropriate behavior. You know, tracking. We just went over it this week in our tracking class. We have a lot of reactive dogs in our tracking class because it's a great way to get them out of reactivity. So what we were doing, we're using tennis balls with scents on them. And I told a couple of our owners, I you know, toss the ball. When you're on a walk, take your scented ball and toss it. Keep your dog busy and then ask them to go search for it. Well, guess what happens? The dog is going to drop their nose to the ground and they're going to search for that tennis ball. And who cares about the dog that's across the street? The squirrel that just ran across your path. For them, it's more important because they know once they get to that tennis ball, if they're taught properly, jackpots happen. Exactly. Again, it doesn't have to be something you're doing all the time. If you want to teach your dog scent work and tracking, you don't need to work them two, three hours a day to do that. No. And I think that's where a lot of people think when when someone says work their dog, that they think I'm going to have to dedicate two to three hours to this. And I am going to (laughs) brag how he is the exception to the rule. He is the exception to the rule. But my little baby genius, <laughs> little Jon Snow, my little baby genius. So I had practiced five times. That's it. Five times. And the practice that I do with Johnny, he is not even five months yet. The practice I do with Johnny is eight minutes. That's it. Eight to ten. And five times over a two-week span. That's it, y'all. Five times, two-week span. And on Saturday during our advanced tracking class, we didn't leave a track. We just hid the ball in a tire, and I was trying to use him as a demonstration as to what to do if your dog can't find an item, but he found it. <laughs> um, so now, don't worry, I got this. Uh, yeah, he was like, yeah, you can't trick me, Mom. I'm going to have a, a wonderful tracking dog on my hands, and not every dog can do it that well. But even the dogs that don't get enough practice are doing it because it's natural for them, and it's fun, and it keeps you engaged. Now, we forget that our dogs love our company as much as we love our dog's company. And a lot of times we tend to walk in the house and go, well, the dog is there. Yes, it's there. And I could pet it in an hour or two. Your dog sees you the minute it sees you. It just absolutely adores you and wants to engage with you. They're not being excited and crazy because they're just bad dogs. They're doing it because they haven't seen you and they love you and they want to interact with you. And unfortunately, in today's world, we do walk past our dogs and go, yeah, yeah, I'll pet you when I get time to sit down. Well, instead of doing that, stop for a second and say, great dog. Ask them to do something when you walk through that door. Have them immediately work for you when you walk through that door. Right. As soon as I walk in the door, I engage with my dogs. Be it I open the kennels. I have them sit and wait. 
tell them how amazing they are, and then I tell them to go out, and then I interact with them again at the at the back door. I'm actually working them twice before I even set my stuff down. When I come home, because my arms are typically full of things and other dogs as I walk through that door, when I come home and I am having my dogs wait to come in the house, they come inside, I take off their gear, and my other dogs that are there, they want my interaction, so I'm not going to shoo them away my dogs that didn't come to work right. that day. That just means once I get my other dogs inside and they're done with their work day, well, then now I'm going to interact with the other ones by asking them to do something for right. me. Be it I'm going to let them outside to come outside with me or I'm going to have them sit and wait while I take care of everybody else, unclip, take off work gear, and then they get pets. Right. But they have to wait. Self-control. You know, Self-control you is work. A lot of people who um, move from apartments to houses go, I don't have to walk my dog anymore because I have a yard. We hear that so often of like, I, I have a backyard. They just go run in the yard. But if you walked your dog every single day because you lived in an apartment and then you go to a yard and you let your dog just interact by itself, that's not okay. That's not okay. Throwing a ball? Fantastic. Go outside. Yes, Texas weather is insane. It's cold, it's hot, it's rainy. It's it's everything yeah. hell could possibly be in Texas. I still do it. Not when, an hour long a fetch, though. No, I don't do an hour long a fetch. I, I truly, I mean, I have 10 dogs. And if I stayed out there until they were done playing fetch, uh, I would never get to work. Because we have a lot of clients that will say, like, I have to take my dog to an open space or in the yard and just throw the ball. In, and that's how to wear them out is I just have to run them to death pretty much. And I'm going to say that when I go on, when I used to go on trips with Mac and do any search, if I when I went with Harley... Anytime I went somewhere, even though I was in an RV or in a hotel room, there was no fenced-in area, I still worked my dog. I still was able to, I played Harley's favorite thing in the entire world is her tennis ball. I would throw the ball up in the air. Great way for her to play catch instead of fetch, like catch, if you don't have the distance. That's fine. You could do it in your living room. Toss the ball in the air. Let your dog catch it. When we go camping, because I use long lines when we're out camping, I'm not going to have them completely off leash because there are other people around. I don't know their dogs. I'll have them on a long line. My long line's about 50 feet that I'd take for camping. So I will toss the ball for Ben, who loves to play fetch and loves to play with the tennis ball. But I'll toss that ball for him to go and fetch. But he's on a long line because I know that I don't have a fenced-in area. And just make sure you don't toss it outside the 50-foot line because then you will go flying behind your dog. Word of caution. My old dog, my old boxer, Sonny, did that to me. I don't do it for an hour or until Ben is exhausted. Like, I might have him fetch a few times. But I will say when he comes back with the ball, he has to work, too, with his play of fetch meaning he has to be able to drop it. I usually will have him back up from the ball. He has to sit or down and wait so that I can pick it up. So even during his playtime, he's getting some some work, Some sort of work. Time. Yes. Yes. It, it is possible to work a dog even if you don't have a job for your dog. Take the tennis ball and tell him to find it. Start naming the tennis ball. This is something you, you don't have to really get in, involved in intense search or scent, although I want you to, but you don't have to. You could just hide a toy, take yeah. a toy, tell him to wait, get him excited and hide the toy. Have him go find it. These yeah. things are, are going to take brain cells that aren't activated all day long because all they're doing is pacing going, where's my parents? 
Yeah. And if you work from home and your dog is irritating you while you're working, because we hear that a lot. Yep. I can't work because my dog is all up in my stuff. Or barking give all the, the time. Give the dog a job. Give the dog a job. I mean, I could say I work with my dogs all day. So my dogs are with me all day. I am basically a work at home mom, but my dogs are still going to work. They still work. Even Tahoe in her cage. Now, I know a lot of our clients have come here and they've said, oh, my God, she's just staring at you. I'm like, yeah. yeah. Because she's waiting for me to tell her to sit or down, even though she's in her cage and she is not loose because I have a client there. I'm going to give her a cue. And that's something that, I mean, we've talked about playing, you know, games with your dog of like, if you want your dog to focus on you more, give them a reason to focus Mm -hmm. on you. People will say, my dog hardly ever gives me eye contact. Well, do you ever notice when they do give it to you? Like if they're just hanging out on the couch and you look over and they're looking at you, like, do you ever say and anything And when you back? finally get home from work, this is something that's important. Now, I work a lot. Like I said, we talked about this. When I come home and I sit down, y'all, that's the first time I get to actually sit down and turn off this brain, which usually doesn't turn off anyway. Turn off. That's funny. I know. I try. When I sit down in that chair, we have couch time. And if I'm on the couch, they get couch time. I was explaining that earlier. If I sit in the chair, I literally sit down and I will pick up a toy and toss it for every single dog. Why? Because they didn't ask to be part of my busy life. They didn't ask. I mean, I chose time. You make time for them. Make time. Make time. Even Even if if it's it's just giving a command. Even if it's just giving a command, make the time. Like we said, when I get home and I finally get to sit on that couch, you know, if I'm tossing a toy or if I have one of my dogs that will come up and curl up next to me and I'll give them affection because some of my dogs, they're not very toy driven. They don't want to go chase the toy, but they love getting the affection and just the attention from me. Some of them will bring me a toy and I'll hold the toy and they'll chew the toy for me while I hold the toy. Right. Make Um, the time. Even if you're tired, they didn't choose to be in your house. You chose them, so make the time for your dog. And everybody needs to play with their dog. I'm sorry. I I, <laughs> I hate when people say, I don't play with my dog. Y'all, play with your dog. Even if, you, if your dog goes, I don't want that toy. I don't want to play fetch. I don't want to do this. There is something your dog is going to want to do to engage with you. And I mean, if not, they just might not be used to engaging with yeah. you because you don't haven't done it until now. Yeah. Do it. Get Even engaged. the laziest dogs will engage. Get engaged. I am Vincenzo is the laziest. My <laughs> melted chocolate cookie, y'all. He is the laziest dog in the entire world. I swear it. But he loves to go and bring me an item. Benjamin, I mean, he doesn't let my couch move very often. Like right. he he just lays on that couch as much as possible. If you looked at his whistle, I am told I get that notification. Is Ben feeling okay today? And yeah. I'm like, he feels fine. Trust me. Yeah. Um, GPS <laughs> yeah, collar. I know that he's only gotten 18 minutes of activity today, but it's that's like my own choice. A bit. We go, <laughs> oh shit, I better run quick. Yeah. Get their steps in. I mean, with Ben, he loves to have me toss a toy and, and him go chase it or for him to come and just sit in between my legs while I'm sitting on the couch and for me to rub his shoulders and get that massage. He loves that kind of interaction. And that's what I do with him is I know that he likes getting the massage and he likes playing with a ball or a toy and getting to go chase it. I know that's what he enjoys the most. So that's what he does. Is he working as much as Forrest, who is a more go, go, go kind of dog whose his whistle is, yeah, I've reached my goal today over 100 minutes every single time. Mm -hmm. Ben is not that dog. Uh, And Mazakin and 
Vincenzo or God, yeah. they they meet their They're opposites. time by ten, ten o'clock in the morning. Exactly. Every dog has its its ability it's a different to work, dog. y'all. Yeah. So every dog do is different. Something. Get engaged with your dog. It will better your bond. One. One of the reasons, again, that we do tracking and scent detection so often with our clients is it really does better the bond with the dog. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be scent detection. It doesn't have to be tracking. One of our clients has a dog that has had, had, I'm going to say I'm super proud of him, had problems at the vet mm-hmm. um, and problems with strangers. He was super protective of mom. Mom worked with commands and worked him Every week, mm-hmm. she takes the time from her busy schedule and she works him every week. She comes here and she works with him every day at home. Yeah. And this is the first year that he was able to get a vet visit without sedation. It I'm super huge, proud of him. It was a huge milestone, but it's just because at the vet, he now sees the vet as I'm working. Right. So I'm in a different state of mind. It can happen, but you have to be willing to kind of, you have to put in the work just as much as you're asking your dog to put in the right. work. Right. I mean, and y'all, if you've been listening to our podcast, you know, we've had Antonia on here. And God, you Ant- know how much she works her dog. Antonia is just the trainer's godsend, <laughs> I'm going to say. <laughs> that outlier and, out there and, that You know, that you does got Madison Williams. She's also a yeah. trainer's godsend. So these people that work their dog, Priscilla with yeah. Toby. We've seen Priscilla for a long time with tracking, and she's now starting to do private sessions with him, and she just doesn't stop practicing, yeah. which is why they have such a great bond. It's so important. Don't well, just get a dog, put it in your house, and and pretend it's a piece of furniture, y'all. Well, do we, something. We had a client that she has a, um, a Frenchie who, when we did obedience, she was in your obedience yeah. class, and a pill. Oh, yeah. And she's been a pill since the beginning, like puppy class. We, she's been in very overconfident, independent, little Frenchy girl. But her mom was determined to find her a job and work her and keep her going. And she has. And Dolly has made amazing strides. And Dolly loves tracking. And so to her the mom, point where her mom is going to start, start doing, doing competition stuff I'm with so her. Excited. She's found what she loves, and so this is now like she still does obedient stuff. She still wants Dolly to have good manners and everything, so she's still working towards that stuff as well. But then she's throwing in the tracking as her her fun rewards as well. We have so many clients. We could spend an entire year subscription just naming off the clients that work <laughs> and all the positive stories here. <laughs> yeah, you know it thrills us because we love to see that kind of bond building. Yeah. I mean, Casey and Sinatra was the biggest one for me. That this yeah. that was, was a, just a recently a beautiful Christmas gift for me to see mm-hmm. that Sinatra didn't have to be sedated for. Yeah his vet visit and he they, he was able to do it awake. Yeah. I was so excited about that. And that's because mom put so much work into it. Yeah. Nix has a second sister, three Yeah, females. we're excited. We will be having them eventually back on the podcast to give an update on There's how so things many are going. Great opportunities and so many people that we can bring up, but it's mm-hmm. impossible in one short episode. The people that we see these kind of successes with are people that walk past their dog and instead of going come on, get out of the way. I got it someplace to go. They're ignoring them or ignoring them. They're going, Hey, great job. How about you heel? Heel down. Just get in the heel position. Let's walk two steps and great job. I mean, I can tell you if you watch Antonia's, she's like constant. Like I said, that woman trains more than I do. And I work for a living as a trainer. (laughs) 
she literally, the All second the she walks past, she's like heel or center or whatever. Something. She just gets the dog. And that's that's the best way. Now, if you're starting off from a puppy, like our little yeah. John Snow, right? John Snow started now, off at eight weeks old, y'all. If you had started working, John, like you work Tahoe, hey, let's do a crap ton of, of work all the time versus, you know, the little bits that you did, um, you will create a monster. So Tahoe had the high drive, but she has the bond enough where I could shut her down. But I had to work her the way she was because she was so high driven. And I, and honestly, I probably would not be married today if I didn't mm-hmm. because she would have destroyed the house and everything else. She did, in fact, destroy the back of my car when she was a pup because she was not busy enough. You can overdo it with your dog. If I were to do the same regimen that I did with Tahoe, with Jon Snow, oh my God, I would create a monster. He would never stop. He would never stop. I would create a monster. So I started Jon Snow at eight weeks old. Now I fostered the whole litter from, I think it was five, five weeks old. Yeah, five weeks. I fostered the whole litter. I picked John because of his uh, drive, uh, because he is a smart dog and super driven. And at eight weeks, he showed that. So I kept him and a couple of other puppies for the court pups, right? Now, I did not do as much as I did with Tahoe. I legit only did, in the beginning, at eight weeks, five minutes, three times a day. And as the food amount grew, the training amount grew. At eight weeks, I was teaching him commands. He is not even five months. He knows more commands than some of my adult dogs, but I taught him at feeding times. However long it took me to feed is how long I trained him. If I were to do what I did with Tahoe, now Tahoe worked a lot more. Oh my God. I mean, I worked a lot more, but it's kind of like when we have clients that come in that say like, I don't understand why my dog doesn't relax because we go on a walk and we walk three miles in the morning and then I do fetch for an hour afterwards and then I have them doing this in the house and then I'm constantly having them do commands or like enrichment type toys and all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, when do they relax? Like, when do they lay down and chill? And they're like, oh, they don't. They don't know how to do that at all. And And like, well, you're building a machine. If you have a dog that has that high of a drive, it never seems like you're wearing them out doing more. As we had talked about in the first season, you might have a one plus one and then some dog. They'll learn a thousand commands, but never, never solidify any. They're never going to be really good at one command. They can learn as many as you throw at them, but they're never really good at them. Again, that's a one plus one and then some dog. But if you keep going with them, you can't stop. A one plus one dog, you could teach everything to and they'll be fine. But a one plus one and then some dog, don't do it. Stop. Teach them how to relax. Slow down. Self-control is probably the biggest thing they need to learn. I would love to get a couple of different handlers on here as well to talk to them. Because some of the dogs you'll see, I have a lot of law enforcement friends. One in particular had a dog that was real lazy. They just did odor detection. Real lazy dog. And another one of mine had a dog that was so driven that he would scream next to him. Scream. (laughs) He wasn't even doing it. Just sitting in the heel and scream because he just never stopped training that dog. Because he trained it like he did with his 
old lazy dog. So that dog just became a bundle of, I have to do something every second of the day. I don't know how to turn it off. Be aware of what personality you have, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't work them. Just work to make one thing solid at a time. Doing the three miles every walk and an hour of fetch and and, and all of this stuff, you're just creating that inability to to shut down. Running a dog on a treadmill for an hour a day Mm -hmm. is creating an athlete, y'all. If you want an athlete, then yes, if that's your lifestyle that you want to have is a go, 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 then yeah, that's great. But if you don't want that lifestyle, which I would say is a majority of dog owners don't exactly want that, don't keep trying to wear them out because you're actually going to create that constant, I need to go all the time. That means, all right, I might still teach them some commands or do some things. We might do treadmill for like, 10, 15 minutes, but then we're also going to practice laying down and being calm. We're going to practice standing here on the leash and doing nothing. Y'all, that is work for your dog. It's exhausting for them to I do mean, nothing. You to have force to me to do slow nothing. your brain down. Like that doesn't work. I don't, we don't have a shutoff program for humans. And there's a reason that because Tara and I don't know how to do that. Right. Um, but we know how to help a dog learn how to do that. <laughs> so take the dog that you have and find its passion. Get involved with your dog, even if it's like John, feeding time. Every piece of kibble is we're doing something. And as long as the meal lasts, that's as long as his training session lasts. But that's as far as his goes. Tahoe, we're going to keep working. We're going to go. We're going to go. We're going to go. We're going to go. But that's what that's Tahoe's personality. That was Mazikeen's personality. Vincenzo. There's no way like there's no no way if I did what I did with Forrest with Kevin. Right. no. No way. They're complete polar opposite dogs. But don't ignore your dogs, y'all. When you come home, I know your dogs, a lot of people say, it's so annoying. I walk in and the dog is so, all I want to do is just sit down and relax. Y'all picked this dog. (laughs) Yeah. You chose to bring the dog into your house. So do something with it. Do something with it. Don't just go, you're annoying the crap out of me. I wish you would just go lay over there. Go lie down, do something, find something to do. You know, we've had people that give dogs, quote unquote, and I've been told a pacifier that just irritates me. And I'm not going to I'm not going to keep that one quiet. If you got to give your dog a pacifier, then that means you're not engaging with your dog. What was the point? Or you engaged so much with your dog that you taught it to be over the top Uh, crazy and you're not teaching it the right stuff. We had a client a few weeks ago that had told me that they were playing tug all day. Every time they walk past the dog, they play tug. Guess what the dog's problem was? An inability to let go of something, most likely. Biting. Well, yeah. Bite and hold. Bite and hold. Bite and hold clothes. Bite and hold your hand. Bite and hold your leg. Bite and hold them. Whatever. I'm going to tug everything. Everything. Because that's all we do every single time is they grab the tug and they tug all day. Every time they interact, that's the only interaction they do is tug. Y'all, stop. Yeah. Think, what are you creating? But engage in a different way. Maybe That doesn't mean you can't play tug. Down. But it does mean not just tug. Maybe tell the dog to lay down for a couple of times. Yeah. You know, dog on a treadmill for an hour, you're going to get a dog that runs real fast, real far. <laughs> and that might not be what you want. That's not what I want. That's why when Forrest is getting on this treadmill with me, we are going like 15 minutes. And But he is working the whole time that he's on that treadmill with right. me because he's walking in the heel. And but he- I'm not doing it for an hour. I can't do it for an hour. Jeez. I am not doing it for an hour. Okay. Uh, honestly, so- though. If you want your dog to really work on a treadmill and you get a treadmill, walking is the best way to get your dog to tire out. 
I see these social media videos of these dogs running to a point where their tongues are hanging out and they're just absolutely off the charts. Like that canine handler that I was talking about, the dog that can't stop screaming. It's because all they do is run until their brains get lost. I don't want that in my pack. I want a dog to be able to walk and think. The slower you walk on a walk, the more they have to think. Yeah, when I do the treadmill, if I put Raven on the treadmill, I don't put her. Yes, she is an athlete. She loves to run. That's why she loves doing agility. But if she's on the treadmill, she's walking very slowly. She doesn't like it. And she's got to think about every step. Yeah. And that's what makes her more tired. That's why they don't like to walk backwards. And they don't like to to walk slow. They don't like to walk backwards. All of these things are what's going to make your dog tired. So do it. Let's say you're agoraphobic. You don't want to go outside. You don't like people. And I'm I'm serious. My wife is borderline that. She is such an introvert. She doesn't want to go out, right? If you don't go outside, you don't want to socialize, you just can't people. I get it. There are days I can't people. Put a leash on your dog in your living room and walk really inside. slow. Walk inside. backwards. Do a lot of turns. Ask your dog to heal. All of that just is a great way to get your dog interacting yeah. with you as opposed to getting out in the world, walking, maybe getting attacked by a loose dog here in Texas. Yeah. Because there's way too many of them. Yep. If you're not sure what does drive your dog or what would be a good option, go get professional help. Find a trainer. Find a trainer. That's going to find that passion and utilize it in a positive manner. And even if your dog knows basic commands, go join an obedience group. Who cares if they already know it? Yeah, we have lots of dogs that redo our basic and our intermediate, not because their dog needs to learn those commands, but just because they like the structure of having a class. And they get one-on-one time with mom or dad, and they get to work one-on-one with mom and dad. This is really important, you know, and, you know, we've said it many times in these podcasts that Laura and I do it with our dogs all the time. Yes, our dogs are well-trained. They already know these commands. I've but still taken still. multiple classes with my dogs, even classes I teach myself that my dog might be a demo in. I will randomly join someone else's class with that dog in the class that they know. Like basic tracking. I've done so many Tahoe classes, so many is, basics. Tahoe is amazing at tracking, but I still put her in a basic tracking here and now. I still do it with masking. I still do basic scent detection with Tahoe because I want her to have one-on-one special time. It's, it's just giving your dog that time and finding the the few minutes that you could just interact yeah. with your dog. It does yeah. not have to be, I'm working my dog for eight hours or I'm carving out two to three hours a day because not everybody has that. You know, if you have a large pack, I can guarantee you Tara doesn't have two hours per dog a day. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> no. I don't either. So, they no, haven't changed the calendar yet no. to add that extra, no. extra third day. I've been day. trying to add more days to the... No, I just, the government won't do it. Um, so <laughs> even just a few minutes of that interaction, if you can randomly throw it in periodically throughout the day, that's going to make a difference. And if you have questions about your dog or working your dog or specific questions like that, shoot us an email because we're going to have that Q&A episode eventually to this season. We're not shy. No, we'll answer not your sure. questions. If, if you have you questions have, about that stuff, bring, or bring them out. Else. Send it send it out. It's info at caninetranslators.com. 
info at the letter K, the she number nine translators.com. I did. Um, I had to think for a second, oh, but that's funny. Uh, yeah. So shoot us an email there if you're if you're looking for extracurricular activities yeah. with your dog. You have questions. Contact about our, it. us. You know we're sponsored by Canine Working Mind. Our facility is in Austin, Texas, but we have people all over the world. That is canineworkingmind at gmail.com. And we are going to be continuing to talk about a lot of these different behaviors and stuff like that. And we've brought up a lot, even just today, about dealing with the threats that you might encounter on a walk, um, which is why a lot of people don't walk their dogs. Um, And we are going to be talking about that. That is going to be a topic on how to keep you and your dog safe. So there's a lot of cool tips and tricks that you can. Yes, that is going to be coming up because that is such a huge deal. And I know in Austin, it's a big problem, but I know it's not just in Austin that it's a problem. I mean, Texas in general is awful. Spay and neuter your damn pets. (laughs) I'm going to bring it up. Start the new year. She's going to start doing that every end of every episode. Spay and neuter. All right. (laughs) So anyway, y'all, thanks again for joining us. We have a lot of Awesome episodes coming yes. up. I was looking through the list today and Laura's just jotting down every idea that we have, which is uh, it's going to keep us busy for the next 10 years. Yeah, so we have a lot of episodes coming. Don't forget, we have the subscription series. Mm-hmm. And if you are interested in learning more, we have training tips on the subscription episode. Yep. Plus, we talk a little bit more about specifics the like haters. aggression and such. And as always, we uh, really appreciate you listening and joining go, in to listen. Go work to, your dogs. Go work them. Pet them, love them, play them, work them. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas about future podcasts, please email us at info at caninetranslators.com. That's canine translators with a K. Please like, comment, subscribe, and share with your friends. Remember to always try to see them, hear them, and help them. And protect first.